It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, every day, every day. Remember, NickAshew.com slash LockedOnRedskins for plenty more when it comes to this podcast. I'm at NickAshew on Twitter as well, and we're just continuing along with everything when it comes to Redskins training camp. It just out of all the people, man, out of all the players on this team, this was the worst case scenario for the Redskins. It's worse than Alex Smith being hurt because at least we've seen that Colt McCoy could be a very capable backup. Now, if he was your starting quarterback for 16 games, okay, it's probably not going to be a 10-win season. But I don't think this team's going to win 10 games anyway, so it really doesn't matter. The positive thing, though, with this is that this team's already sort of built up an offense around all of their misfits in the backfield, right? Like, they haven't played a regular season game with Darius Geis. They only got a few carries out of him in the preseason, and now they move on. So it's not like you have to completely alter everything you've been doing. It's still early in camp, first preseason game, and you have an offense that, well, last year at least tried their best to work with what they had in the backfield. Jay Gruden goes right back to working with what he had last year now. It's it's not great, but at least he's prepared. Like at least that's a silver lining to what's going on right now with this team. Jay Gruden knows how to handle injuries. He knows how to handle situations where this organization just goes, okay, so who's the next guy up? Like I know it's corny, but it really is true. The next man up mentality is something that they have to approach with this now. You're, you're losing the promise of a better offense. You're losing a fan favorite. It kills a lot of this offseason momentum with this team. And that's really the biggest thing, too, is that you got to think, and we've talked about this plenty, is that you're looking at a Redskins team that was silent in the offseason. It was football and only football. And when was the last time that we put ourselves in a position as a fan base to look at the Redskins and go, I, I don't even know what's going on. It is quiet. Now, it was quieter also, too, because the Caps won the Stanley Cup. So that helps. We were so immersed in rocking the red that uh, you kind of forgot that there was also a football team here, which is fine. That's how big sports cities are. They focus on the teams more than anything that are playing right then. But the Redskins will always be king in this city. 
It's always going to be that way. Whether you like it or not, you just have to understand it's football. They have a history. That's just the way that it is. But they were all about football, all about moving forward, building stability. And look, this is no one's fault. This type of thing happens. It's not like it, there's already been multiple torn ACLs. Hell, that was not the only torn ACL for the Redskins. Had a random tight end that no one knows. That also tore his ACL. Sorry, but no one did do about it. Darius Geis overshadowed that. But like this type of stuff happens in every single year. There are players that get lost in the preseason. But you just do feel the air being sucked out of it right now. Now, look, we'll move on. The Redskins will move on, and they'll continue to build around everybody else that they've added on this team. But look, we're back to the same questions that the Redskins faced in 2017. Can they squeeze a consistent run game from Rob Kelly and Samaj P. Ryan? And that is a scary question. Because the answer has been no for the majority of the time they've been with this organization, except for a few games with Rob Kelly in his rookie year, which was a great year. But that was probably the peak of Rob Kelly. I'm sorry to say it. It's the truth. I love the guy. Really nice guy. Interviewed him a few times. But he's just not a starting running back in the NFL. There's a reason why he wasn't invited to the combine. There's a reason why he went undrafted. There's a reason why he never ran for 100 yards in college. He's just not that guy. The coaches have been saying that both those guys, Samaj P. Ron, Rob Kelly, have been lighter. They've been quicker in camp. And I, we saw some of it in that first preseason game. But we also didn't hear much in terms of, like, big days in camp either. Like, you don't hear – we know that Jay Gruden loves Rob Kelly, right? Oh, I love Rob Kelly. Oh, I love Rob Kelly. We've heard that plenty from him. You know, Rob Kelly was number one on the depth chart for a reason because he wanted to give him opportunities to try and make the team. He's this year's Ryan Grant. Where the coaches love the guy, they think he has some of the intangibles you could use on your team, but you have to give him enough opportunities to justify that roster spot. And now more than ever, I mean, Rob Kelly's essentially making this team. Like, that, that question is now over. Rob Kelly will be on this team and will likely be the starting running back week one for the Redskins, and that's not what we wanted. We wanted to move on past that. It'd be nice if he got in there, got some spot carries. That would have been fine, but now with Rob Kelly and Samaj P. Ryan as the two guys you're probably counting on to get most of your carries, at least on first and second down, these are guys still with giant question marks in a Redskins jersey. That's really what they are. They're a giant question mark wearing a Redskins jersey. P. Ryan looked quicker Thursday, but he was also inconsistent running up the middle. He lost one ball, and there was a quick whistle that basically negated a likely fumble, so he could have had a fumble. The coaches have talked about his ball security issues. Kelly's averaged 3.9 yards a carry the last two years. That's not a number that scares anybody. This really, if you want to look at everybody that's in the backfield, and again, we put Chris Thompson aside, right? Chris Thompson's a separate entity. He's an outlier because he's got his own plan. He's got his own role on that offense. Samaj P. Ryan needs to take this opportunity and run with it. Literally. I really didn't mean to say that, but it just came out that way, right? (laughs) Seven carries, 31 yards Thursday night. Like, he's the guy. He was actually supposed to be who he thought was going to be the starting running back for this team, and he never, never stepped up his rookie year. Just didn't happen. He now needs to be the player that says, okay, I was in a position where I, I mean, look, let's be honest. Samaj P. Ryan was on the roster bubble before yesterday. Before the Geist news, Samaj P. Ryan was on the roster bubble. So he now has his opportunity. It's almost like he gets a second chance, right? He's got to be really bad to get cut from this team who now is going to lack a little bit in terms of major running back consistency. So if you're Samaj P. Ryan, you're going to have a little moment. You're going to go up to the mirror. You're going to pull bad boys too and just... You're going to calm yourself down. You're going to look in that mirror and you're going to just say, who am I? 
and you're going to decide whether or not you want to be a consistent running back on this team. Now, I'm not talking about a 1,000-yard rusher for Samaj P. Run, but I'm talking about the number one running back on this team now with what they have on the depth chart. It shouldn't be Rob Kelly. It should be Samaj P. Run. But that doesn't mean that it's going to happen because, look, if the blocking doesn't improve, that includes the line and the tight ends, it, run game's not going to get any better. The situation's not going to be better than what it was last year. Good health will obviously help the line. Part of last year's issues were the massive injuries they had to deal with on the offensive line. But there's also some question marks there. Left guard is still an absolute question mark for this team. With Geis out, does anyone want to predict, though, that we're going to have a healthy offensive line this year and a healthy team? I mean, look, we've already had Deron Payne, and now we've had Darius Geis lost for the season. Deron Payne, obviously not lost for the season. Not whatever this table is. Knock on Formica. So, I'm sorry, but this just this is a bad omen for me. It is. We know the ground game was inconsistent last year with the same group. So, we're expecting them to be better now. They were 30th in yards per carry, 28th in total rushing yards. It's going to probably be similar this year. Unfortunately, that's just the way that it is. Geis' talent was supposed to overcome some of those deficiencies the Redskins had on the offensive line when it came to blocking. And, hell, if it came to injuries, if it came to... Certain guys missing time, which, look, in football, you're guaranteed. It's big guys smacking into each other on a consistent basis where it's basically a car crash. So, yeah, you're going to have important players miss time for you occasionally. But just not what we had last year. Honestly, at this point, man, I I wouldn't care if the Redskins decided to go after Adrian Peterson, who's still on the market. I know it's crazy. I know he's past that 30-year-old threshold. If they could get him cheap... At least bring him into camp. He's got to want to have that role to come in and compete for a spot. I doubt he's going to. And why would he? He's a future Hall of Famer. Plus, this is, really isn't their MO that they go ahead and say, yeah, let's go ahead and get a veteran off the street. It just doesn't happen that way. But you're going to have to try something different. The whole point, the whole issue that we had with the Redskins over the past few years is that they didn't make any changes. They didn't try to improve a run game that struggled, right? That was part of the problem. Matt Jones basically came into camp, anointed the starter a couple of years ago, and we're sitting there scratching our heads going, well, why? Why is this guy anointed the starter when we've seen really nothing from him? Sure enough, didn't work out, and now he's barely in the NFL. I think he's on the Colts somehow. He was on their practice squad a lot last year. Like, So it's not like they put themselves in a position where they've said, all right, we lack something here. Let's go and improve it until Darius Geis. That was the improvement. So now, what's your plan B? And if it's just rolling with the same guys you rolled with last year that were 30th in yards per carry and 28th in total rushing yards, it ain't going to get any better this year. I'm sorry. It's just not. I'd like to think that Samaj Piran, who's lighter, and Rob Kelly, who's lighter, will find a way to be a more efficient running back this year, but it's going to likely be running back by committee. Maybe by week four or five, one of those guys is going to step up and get at least consistent carries. You've got to have somebody. Running back by committee only works so much. And this makes the D-line, which they've added a ton of depth to and a ton of youth, and the receiver health that much more important. You're going to have to count more on your defensive line and your defense as a whole to help carry you at times in games, probably, if your offense ends up becoming one-dimensional. Now, it's not like the Redskins didn't try to run the football. They just didn't have the effective weapons the effective tools to make it work. These receivers for Alex Smith now, that much more important. Josh Doxson, get it together. All right?
Jamison Crowder, you need to have a career year this year. Paul Richardson, you better earn that contract. Jordan Reed, lock yourself in a bubble when you're not playing on Sundays. Because you now are that much more important to the Redskins and to their offense and to Alex Smith with everybody else now looking at that empty spot in the backfield, that crater left behind from the Darius Geis news. You got to figure it out. You're going to have to figure out what your plan B is. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or... Could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, Dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. You are locked on Redskins. Yes, we talked about it yesterday. Uh, Redskins and Jets took an hour to get into a fight in their joint practice, which is really no surprise to anybody considering they've been jawing back and forth at least in a small capacity, through the media, starting with Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor wasn't even involved with it. After practice, Jay Gruden spoke, and you can probably imagine that was the first question that he was asked. Easy one right away. What was your take on the practice slash fights that happened yesterday? Yeah, it's unfortunate. We got a lot of good work done throughout the course of the day, and sometimes that gets overshadowed by an unfortunate incident. And uh, It's behind us now. We're going to move forward today and uh, get a lot of good work done. Did you talk to the guys and like last night or this morning emphasize, hey, we really can't have this? And are there any, you know, I know the Jaguars uh, suspended a couple of players for fighting in practice. Is that something that you would consider doing if things get out of control again? Yeah, we could consider doing that. You know, um, it's been addressed and we talked about it last night and uh, we'll talk about it a little bit out there and we'll have a short, quick, fast whistle uh, if something happens and uh, get everything under control. But the most important thing is for us, uh, myself and Coach Bowles is, to get good work done. Like I said, there's a lot of great things on tape that we can learn from. Seven on seven, nine on seven, team, special cat, one-on-ones, stunts. I mean, we got a lot of good work done, so uh, we intend to do that today. Yesterday you walked off the field with Morgan, with Mo- Morgan Moses. What, what was behind that? Uh, Morgan was a little hot. You know, he's a little heated, and uh, I just wanted to get him calmed down a little bit. You know, he took a shot on the sideline, and uh, he's got a couple bad ankles, and, and – uh, he took offense to it, and I didn't think he was going to get much work done that day. So we just want to get him here cooled down and get his ankles looked at. Were there uh, any injuries to report from yesterday? Uh, not really. Just some of the same guys, bumps and bruises here and there. Um, a couple guys won't practice. We'll see how they do an individual. Probably Ty and Secchi will be down. Um, you know, Josh Harvey Clemens is still down. Uh, Tyler Catalina is still down. Um, and then we'll see how it goes with the other guys. Uh, will Morgan practice today? Morgan's going to try to go, yes. 
a lot of the, a lot of your players were saying yesterday that they feel like some of those fights in these practices are predictable because looking around the league, this keeps happening. They didn't seem to be all that in favor of it in part because of that. Do those situations like that alter you know change your thinking as to the productivity of these kind of practices? I don't think they happen all the time. I just think they get uh, blown up when they do happen. So it seems like they happen all the time. Just they've happened to us the last couple times, unfortunately, and uh, you know that's on me. You know I got to do a better job of making them understand the importance of practice and getting work done and not fighting. So. Uh, one guy gets in a fight, we just got to do a good job of uh, letting the referees handle it, let the coaches handle it, and everybody else stay back. Um, that happens in a game. There's multiple ejections and penalties that will cost our football team, and that's uh, the most important thing we got to make sure we get across. But today uh, is a new day, and we intend on getting a lot of good work done. Coach, uh, multiple players said that they were responding to what they considered a cheap shot that started the main scrap. Does that in any way change your response to the players after the fact in terms of your messaging to them about the fight? We have a close-knit group, uh, and they're very protective of one another. So um, with that being said, uh, sometimes people overreact uh, when they're trying to protect their guy, and uh, that's kind of what happened yesterday. Who was wrong? Who was right? I'm not going to get into that, uh, but today uh, we're going to make sure we play to the whistle, and, and that's it, and, and move on to the next play. That's the intent. Coach, do you, uh, did you talk to Todd Bowles between the end of practice and this morning about the fights? Yes, we had a talk today, uh, and happens again. Obviously, we'll separate and uh, take necessary action. With, with Pryor last year, how much was the injury a factor in him not being able to kind of contribute to what you guys maybe thought he could do when signing him? I think him? Uh, he probably knows that better than I do, but he only played in, what, five games? So, obviously, a lot, you know, so... Uh, and then those five games he played, I'm not sure how that injury affected him running. I know that he wasn't running as fast as he normally does because of probably that injury. So I'm sure it had a major effect on him. Jay, now that you've met with the officials, do you have a better, I guess, understanding of the helmet rule? And I guess moving forward, how are you kind of talking to guys about that now? <laughs> We are in constant dialogue. We had the video. We've seen multiple videos, and uh, we understand what they're trying to do, um, and we respect that, and we will try to play to the rules. Uh, but there still are some gray areas there that I'm concerned about as a coach uh, that uh, can cost you football games and can cost players you know, suspensions and all that. So hopefully those gray areas don't come up and bite you, but uh, in pro football with the speeds of these players running and, and tackling and uh, trying to get their pads down, I think these things are going to be into question quite a bit. So hopefully uh, they'll err on the side of not throwing a flag instead of throwing a flag all the time. Can you tell what those gray areas are for you? I just think they're the bang-bang type plays. You know, receiver goes up for a pass and the defensive back has a low target and then at the last second the receiver ducks his head. I mean, is it targeting or not? You know, and a running back who lowers his shoulder to protect himself and you know, his head happens to lead because his body leans forward and he hits the guy. Uh, is that a penalty on the running back? And there's offensive lineman issues. There's defensive lineman issues on bull rushes. There's, you know, I think you could probably, if you really look hard enough, you could probably throw a flag in every play. Uh, but the intent, obviously, we understand. We want to protect the players without a doubt. All right. But, uh, you know, at the f speed that these guys play at, you know, it's not, it's easier said than done sometimes is my point. Coach, have your defensive backs expressed anything about 
their ability to defend with the, the points of emphasis on contact and pass interference? Yes, you know, we had, you know, discussion about that yesterday. You know, the big thing is illegal contact after five yards. We got to, you know, get our hands off of them. Um, and then obviously, uh, you know, some of the PI calls, offensive PI too, you know, there's an emphasis there. So uh, there's an emphasis on a lot of things right now. Hopefully it's not going to be a flag fest, but uh, we're going to try to coach up every situation, um, talk about all the penalties, uh, what could be, and, and get them coached up. And then hopefully uh, they'll have an understanding of what they can and can't do come game day. JV, uh, you guys are going to wear the pink accented uniforms today for Think Pink. You know, what have you seen from this organization that has had such a you know big impact on this movement? Yeah, I think uh, Mrs. Snyder's. Uh, you know, she's the founder of it, and uh, this is a very serious uh, uh, charity for us, and uh, something that we uh, take a big part in, and that, that'll never change uh, as long as we're here. So, um, totally respect that we're we're all in as far as that charity is concerned, and, and we're proud to be part of it. All right, we're going to hear from our buddy Chris Russell next to 106.7 The Fan. Uh, what are the Redskins going to do? What does he see them doing in terms of uh, replacing Darius Geis in the backfield? Do they go out and make a trade at all? Possibly. Uh, also, everything else that he's seen in camp so far. It's the Locked On Redskins podcast. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. The start of the NFL regular season is actually right around the corner. And this season, don't sit around watching the Redskins from home when you could be at FedEx Field and the crowd cheering on in person thanks to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is offering Locked On Redskins listeners 10% off your first ticket order when you use the exclusive promo code Locked On. That's Locked On. New customers only, and this offer is only good through the end of August. So you got to get started right away. Preseason and regular season tickets are available now. The Redskins kick off their home schedule on September 16th against the Colts. And you could be there for all the excitement go to vividseats.com or download the app and enter promo code locked on for 10 percent off your first order the offseason's over the nfl is back and vivid seats wants to help you get to the game you are locked on redskins one of the things now looking at what the redskins are going to have to do i mentioned it last segment is that they're going to have to figure out how they're going to handle this situation in the backfield. Do they stick with what they've got on the roster? Do they go after a veteran? I think there's a chance they could still consider at least looking at a veteran. I wish they would because they never seem to bring anybody in to compete with these young, unproven guys in the backfield. But fortunately, we have Chris Russell, who is always positive and has always been someone that says nothing but good things about the Redskins. And I'm sure it can bring us nothing but positivity and excitement even though Darius Geis tore his ACL. Right, Rooster? <laughs> Hi, buddy. Good morning, Hollywood. How are you? Um, 
You know, you see, this is this shows me that you have moved on to greener pastures, that you are the new star at the radio station, <laughs> that you're, um, I mean, we already know you have the star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. We, we've already established Oh, if only I really did. If you have really did. missed the evolution of the rooster. While I may have said water is evil last week with Chris Miles, I've also come full circle, and I have been very, very positive about about the Washington Redskins this year, they have better depth to deal with this. It's not great depth, but they have better depth. This is better than Kenny Hilliard being asked, or Marcus Mason, God love him, or <laughs> you know some other jabroni nine to five ham and egger off the street that they're scooping up. They have better depth to deal with this. It sucks, but they have better depth to deal with this. Could you see a possibility where they consider? I know it's not their mo. I know it's not the history of them, but considering bringing in a veteran in the camp at least to just add to that running back depth right, right now. Adrian Peterson was yeah. a name that, you know, of course was on the list. Orleans Darqua recently of the Giants. Mm-hmm. Now, the Giants running game sucked and they let him go. Of course, you're drafting Saquon Barkley. <laughs> I understand that. But, I mean, you know, something uh, to me, Darqua kind of matches what you already have between Bibbs and Marshall and then ideally what you probably have in Chris Thompson. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But that's kind of the mold that he seems to me to fit. Like, he's not a first and second down pure guy. Uh, and then you look at oh, guys like uh, Jamal Charles, right? And so, to me, all of those veteran names, and I was high on them potentially bringing in Peterson at the beginning of last year or last offseason. So, I would say this. It doesn't make sense to me right now to do that, right now. Um, because of injuries, because of lack of production, all that stuff. We, we can go on for a million years years about this. One thing I would keep in mind is Remember, Trent Williams and Adrian Peterson, not only college teammates, but they're business partners and best friends. They own a gym together down in Houston. So you know probably Trent is going to be maybe silently recruiting Adrian Peterson a little bit. I don't think they would have to pay him. If they want a warm body with a previous past and a big name, I'm sure they could probably get Adrian Peterson if they want. I would say this, Nick. They're more likely to go through this camp, more likely to go through this preseason with the guys they have now and try and put together a trade now who that trade could be that's the question could it be uh i don't know how about the guy that's coming into town with the jets isaiah crowell maybe maybe somebody like that i don't know why they didn't show more interest in him as a free agent this offseason or at least reportedly didn't show any interest that's a guy that runs hard first second down low center of gravity he's physical can break some tackles had a good game against them when the browns were here a couple of years ago maybe 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 he's available but why not maybe you can trade a a part that you don't need on your roster that you feel you're deep at late in camp or later in the preseason a guy that's not going to make your roster to a team that needs somebody and maybe you can get a running back in return yeah you know the thing that really bothers me about this position that they're in now i mean obviously you look you can't control guys tear their acls it sucks but it does happen but like i look back on the recent history of this team and They've lacked depth for years at running back. They've lacked yeah. consistent running backs. Oh, yeah. And it just seems like they've never really addressed it. It's like, well, let's just roll with what we've got. Like, if they hadn't gotten Darius Geis in the draft, who, by the way, fell to them at 59 when they could have had him at 44, it's not like they went out on the free agent market before that and brought in a veteran as well. They basically just banked on, I, I, I don't want to say they banked on getting him, but they kind of banked on getting him almost a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no, no doubt. Um, they have been very uh, hesitant to bring in any kind of veteran legs, any kind of proven, established guy. Why, why is that, Chris? Is there a reason for that? Well, I, I, I think, number one, you know, they, like a lot of other teams, have, have undervalued the running back position, number one. Number two, uh, they don't want to pay a whole lot for an, a somewhat established either veteran free agent or a veteran that is on a team, uh, say, like a Tevin Coleman, okay? I brought this name up last night, right? Tevin Coleman is going into year four of his NFL career. Productive running back with the Falcons. I'm not saying the Falcons want to get rid of him, but they could lose him for probably nothing at the end of this upcoming year. Now, maybe they don't want to get rid of him because they're one Devontae Freeman injury away from being screwed, but that would be an ideal guy. Mm -hmm. But here's the question. Say they made him available. Say they chose, eh, you know what? He's available. Well, we want a third-round pick for him. The Redskins are never going to yes. pay a third-round pick. Yeah. Even though he's a productive going into his fourth-year play, they're just never going to do it, Nick, especially when you factor in that they've already given up a sixth-round, one of their sixth-round picks, that they're not even fully guaranteed of. Uh, they're projected to get via the supplemental draft for Adonis Alexander, number one. And... Honestly, they're just not going to pay that tariff, I don't think. So what I think, again, is the most logical scenario here is, again, I would be surprised if they go the, the, the name veteran type route. Again, Morris, Peterson, uh, Darqua, maybe, uh, Jamal Charles. I would be surprised. I can't rule it out, but I would be surprised. More, I think, again, this team has used this route before. Uh, I'll, I'll just bring you back, and it's just one example that I can think of off the top of my head. Jabbar Gaffney for Jeremy Jarmon in 2011, where you find a team, you find a player that's not going to make your roster, you identify a team that could have a need at some position, and you say, hey, we're going to let this guy go, or we might let this guy go. We want this player. We have a need at this position. Can we talk shop? And maybe you make a trade together. That's the scenario that I envision. And it's not bad. It's something that you hope that I, I just hope that they do something. I don't want them to stand pat with what they're doing. Because yeah. right now, Chris, I'm assuming that Rob Kelly's kind of looked yeah. at as the starting running yeah. back. Yeah, absolutely. I, <sighs> I mean, and and you would have to factor that in. And, and I heard what you were saying, like, they're just not going to be any better than last year. I, I would dispute that a little bit from this standpoint. And I'm not saying you're totally wrong. I would say, well, Rob Chris, Kelly, I'm never wrong. You know that. Right, absolutely. I'm never wrong. Um, well, well, here's where you might be a little bit wrong. <laughs> Rob Kelly didn't play, right? After what? Week three last year? Yeah. Week four? Whatever it was, right? The Oakland game, I think he got hurt. Maybe he played one more game. Whatever it was. Um, and then Samaj P. Ryan was a rookie. So you factor in Samaj P. Ryan's not a rookie. So he's got more experience, more, uh, you know, education in the system, more feel for the NFL game. Then on top of that, you have Kelly. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt in week two, week three, because he originally got hurt in week two, if you remember that. And hopefully you don't lose Chris Thompson in week 10. Now, that's a lot of hopefullys. That's a lot of maybes. Where I think they're really screwed here, Nick, is if they don't add somebody, somebody of some kind of bona fide existence via trade, via free agency, however, and then they lose one of those two guys, meaning 
Samaji P. Ryan or Rob Kelly, that's where they're really screwed. And if they lose them for an extended period of time or the season, that's when they're in trouble. Right now, this is a big blow mentally, psychologically, talent, there's no doubt. But they can overcome it because of when it happens, how early in camp it happens, how early in the pre... They can probably overcome it because they have some decent depth. But if if you're if you're doing that in week three, for argument's sake, when a lot of the things have been shaped up, even though you would still have the trade deadline, so on and so forth, and you could always scoop a warm body up off the streets, yes, great, congratulations, you could step and poop and have it come up smelling like roses, and maybe you <laughs> no, get you lucky. can't. That doesn't exist. What are you talking about? Maybe sometimes it happens. Sometimes when when? Happens. when have you stepped in poop and it actually smells well, like never roses? Ha- it's never happened to the rooster. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't it, happen it, to anybody. It, well, sometimes. I mean, some guys have all the luck. That's the, <laughs> d- didn't uh, Rod Stewart sing a song about that? Anyway, the point <laughs> the point of the matter is, to me, that's where they're really, really screwed. They're like partially screwed right now, but they're really, really screwed when that happens. Yeah, listen, and, and that's the problem. The only thing to me is that I, I know you. I like the fact that you're looking at the positive possibilities with Rob Kelly and Samaj P. Ryan, but I mean, we also remember Rob Kelly had a couple of flashes his rookie mm-hmm. year, and then that mm-hmm. was really it. Uh-huh. And then there was also a point where he wasn't yeah. when he was starting running back last year before he got hurt. I mean, he wasn't showing that he should be the starting running back. Samaj P. Ryan never grasped that role, right? And he also also still has fumble problems too yeah, and that that's yes. why i look at it and say i mean there's certainly some talent there with piron where you think the potential and the ceiling is a lot higher than rob kelly but i there's still a lot of question marks yeah there. no no there's questions about both i would point you to kelly week two against the rams now that th- that's a lighter defensive line a more up the field aggressive defensive line so you can kind of you know power and trap them and and wham them and pull them uh and they've had some success doing that against that type of scheme um but kelly was very good at least in the first half and even at times in the second half of that game when he was healthy uh Pirine had a couple of big games, right, against the Giants on Thanksgiving, if memory serves me, and even against New Orleans in that terrible, terrible loss a couple of days before. Um, there was no consistency, to your point. And the one thing, and and I'm absolutely with you, I've been screaming about this, Samaj P. Ryan literally ducks his fingers and his hands in a tub of butter before <laughs> every game. I, I, I don't know how he does it. I'm, I, I'm just convinced they have literally a tub of country crock butter before he comes out of the tunnel, and he dips and he oils his hands because literally almost every game, once twice three times a game the ball is slipping all around and it it doesn't always result in a fumble lost or an actual fumble in the statistics nick but it is a major major concern and i know they have to be concerned about that and that really is not helpful if your hands are greasy from butter so i don't know why they would do that chris i'm glad yeah. that you were able to break that yeah. down for they've me got, they've got to get rid of the butter that's they've, the bottom line they've, they, they've changed a lot of things at fedex field <laughs> get rid of the damn butter breaking news no more butter on the football or the gloves of Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, good talking, you, buddy. I'll, I'll save the butter for P. Ryan. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. I'll see you, man. Thanks for coming Thanks, on. <laughs> that was a whole new Chris Russell, and I love it. He's at WrestleMania 621. All right, don't forget, you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. It doesn't really matter. Just subscribe somewhere. Also, check out nickashu.com slash Redskins. Got a lot of original Redskins content there as well that kind of branches off from this podcast. We're doing this every day. This is the Locked On Redskins podcast. You are Locked On Redskins. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.